So when I was in my freshman year of college, towards the end of my freshman year is when I started to date the first girlfriend I really ever had, my first serious relationship. It lasted just over a year, and towards the end of that year, she went back to school for her master's degree in Florida, and I was in school in Tennessee. I don't know how many of you have done the long distance thing before. It is not fun. We tried to make it work, but June 5th of, I don't remember the year exactly, she came back from school and I was excited to see her. And when I saw her pull up and get out of the car, I gave her a big hug and I heard the four worst words ever. We need to talk. I don't remember what happened after that. All I remember is being just devastated. We hadn't really talked too seriously about getting married, but it was a first relationship. It had lasted a year. Like, I thought, like, I don't know, maybe, maybe this could be something. I remember it was a Sunday evening she got in. It was like 1230, just crossed into Sunday, early Sunday morning. And I remember this only because a few hours later I had to preach. And that Sunday was my birthday. So I go back to the church camp where I'm working for the summer and where I'm staying and I try to get a couple hours of sleep and I drive the two hours to the church that I'm preaching at. And I don't know if you guys have ever seen just like a painting of a traditional country church, white building, red roof, up on a hill. That was this church. Stereotypical country church. It was amazing. I loved my time there for preaching. I started preaching there about November and this was in June. And so for the first two months or so of me preaching at this country church, every Sunday I would say, hey, do you guys want me to come back the next week? Well, around January, February time, they said, why don't you just stay here until you have to go do an internship? I was an undergrad. I knew I couldn't stay long term. They said, why don't you just stay and preach here every weekend until you need to, to do an internship? And I said, that sounds great. So in June, it had been five or six months since that conversation, and every time I went to church, there was a sign, the church sign at the bottom of this hill. It said Mount Olivet Christian Church. And right below that was the interchangeable letter board, kind of like we have out here at our church sign. And every single week it had the, the service times for Sunday school and worship. And then under that it said preacher and was blank. But that Sunday, I pulled up the church and it said preacher Will Pinnell. And it was like God's spirit spoke to my soul. And he said, you focus on what I've called you to do. You leave the rest, including your relationships, to me. And it took me a few minutes to catch my breath after that. But over time, God's kept his promise and brought me an amazing woman who I met just over four years ago. And it's been awesome. My freshman year of high school, I was going on my first international mission trip. We were going to Honduras and my dad was going with me and we had done the spaghetti dinners and we had sent out support letters and we had tried to raise everything that we could for this trip. The Sunday before the final payment was due, we were about $300 short. And all I remember is coming out of church that Sunday, dad saying, you're not going to believe this. God is so good. And he told me how there was a card with a check in it on his desk 
for like within $10 of the amount that we needed to go. Just over a month ago, Hope Tree Family Services called us, said we have a teenage girl who needs a home. So we talked about it for a little bit, and, um, and just over a month ago, we welcomed our foster daughter into our home. This isn't going to go well. <laughs> and she's, it's been amazing. It's been incredible. If you get to know her, she might tell you some of her story. I hate what's happened to her in the past. I hate that she's in the position where she is now and staying with strangers that she doesn't know. But I just, I thank God that she's been a part of our family for the last month. And she's letting me share this. I asked permission ahead of time. (laughs) And I don't know what God's big plan is for her or for her and her time here with us. But I know that she's here with us for a reason. And God's fingerprint is all the way through it. I'm turning 30 in just a couple weeks. I'm getting old. (laughs) Okay, maybe I'm not as old as some other people. I won't call out names. But as I think back over even the 30 years that I've lived in this world... Seeing God's fingerprint, seeing his goodness, his faithfulness, his generosity over the 30 years, it's been incredible. And I could tell you dozens of stories more. I I limited it to those three because I felt like those three were, were good stories, but I could tell you so many more of how God has been faithful and how God has been good, and how God has been generous to me, to my family, and I've seen him working in this world. In case we haven't met before, my name's Will Pinnell, and I have the honor of serving here on staff as a senior minister at Mechanicsville Church of Christ, and I'm glad that you guys are here to worship with us. If you're joining us online, I'm so excited that you guys are joining us online. If this is your first Sunday, I just want to catch you up real quick. Last week, we started a series about the absurdity of generosity. And I know that sounds a bit crazy, but what we saw last week is that when we can really have a generous spirit the way God has called us to, to the outside world, it looks absurd. There's really no other word that can go with it. It is just absurd how generous God is with us and how generous he expects us to be with other people. Last week we mentioned how this this generosity thing, it's it's not just something we just turn on one day. It's not a switch that we just flip on. But it's like a muscle that we have to work out. We have to go to the gym. We have to exercise. We have to work this generosity muscle so that over time it builds up and we become more generous with time. Last week we talked about how love is the weight behind our workout. How we can have compassion. We can have kindness. We can can go through the motions and do those things for other people. But if there's no love, it's really just going through the motions. And when we think of generosity, we think of money so many times, but what we talked about last week was we, we redefine generosity as positive depth. And I know that sounds weird. If you guys come up with a better explanation than of what I'm trying to go for here, please let me know. It was the best I could come up with. Because we are called to have gener- uh, uh, compassion. We're called to have kindness to others. But when we tack that word gener- generous before it, 
And it's generous kindness. It's generous compassion. And there's a depth there that comes because we love the other person. Because we love them, because we, we know the love of God in our lives, because we've experienced God, God's love in our life and God's generosity, because of love, there's a depth to the kindness, there's a depth to the, to the compassion that we can have for others that's rooted in generosity. So this word generous means so much more, so much more than just money. It's a lifestyle. It's a muscle that we're to use and work out. And any good physical trainer, any good personal trainer will tell you, when you go to work out, if you're going to get in shape, if you're going to, to build muscle, you go seven days a week, four hours a day. But if your diet's not right, you're not doing a lot of good. You can go to the gym and work out all day long if you want to, but you go home and eat ice cream and junk food and cookies and carrot cake and all kinds of good, delicious things. It's all for nothing. It's all for nothing. And so as we look, as we look today at generosity, what, else, what, else, what I want us to focus on is our diet. What are we consuming? What are we putting in us to strengthen this muscle of generosity? And I think what we have to be consuming, what we have to be having a regular diet of, is remembrance. We have to remember God's faithfulness. We have to remember his goodness. We have to remember the generosity of God. And we see this throughout the Old Testament specifically that the nation of Israel, God's chosen people, there were so many times they did not. Judges 3, 7 says, and the people of Israel did what was evil in the sight of the Lord. They forgot the Lord their God and served the Baals and Ashtaroth. First uh, Samuel twelve nine says, but they forgot the Lord their God and he sold them into the hand of Sisera. Psalm 78 through, uh, 11 says, they forgot his works and the wonders that he had shown them. Something happens when we forget what God has done for us, when we forget the goodness of God. Remembering God's generosity feeds a generous spirit in us. I'm going to say that again. I want you to write this down because this is important. Remembering God's generosity feeds a generous spirit in us. And we have to remember this in two ways. There's two ways that we remember God's generosity. First, we, we look to Scripture. We, we look to God's Word, right? We look to the Old Testament. We see how God has been generous to His people, how He's, he's loved them and been good to them and been faithful. And we, we see how He provided for Noah and saving his family, we see how God heard his people cry out from Egypt and sent Moses to, to lead them up out of slavery in Egypt into the promised land. We see how he parted the sea. We see how he came to the rescue of the enemies. We see how, how God's people were so incredibly, hilariously outnumbered in war. And God took care of it. And God won the battle for him. We look through scripture and we see how good God has been. We see the prophets and how God had provided for them. We see in the New Testament how God took care of the church and his apostles. And, and we see the goodness of God throughout Scripture. I encourage you also to read about the church fathers and, and other Christians and believers since the writing of the New Testament. And, we, and they did a lot of writing and, and sharing about how good God was. How good God was to them during their lifetime and how they saw God's generosity time and time and time again. We have got to remember God's generosity in order to feed a generous spirit within us. Because otherwise, otherwise we'll forget. 
And inevitably, when we forget about God's goodness, when we forget about God's generosity, it leads to our downfall. I want to speak to ju- for just a moment to those of you who are retired, to those who are a little older, even though I'm getting old, to those who are a little older in a different phase of life, those, those who are retired. I've worked in a lot of churches. I've been involved in even more churches, and I've known a lot of people who are retired, who are believers, and something seems to happen with retirement. And there seems to be two directions that those who are retired go. And the one direction is that because they're retired, they have more time. And they get more active in in the church. They get more active in their community. They get more active with their neighbors. They get more active leading Bible studies. And and it's amazing to see what happens with those who are retired when they step up and they serve even more. It is absolutely phenomenal. We have a children's program going on right now. And from my experience as a youth minister at another church and from what Kelly has told me, without, without a doubt, the favorite people for those kids up there are older, retired folks. There's something about the spirit of a grandma, of a grandpa, serving, teaching, being with those kids. They're not just babysitting up there, except in the nursery. I mean, they're, they're, they're little. They're babysitting. But outside the nursery, they are teaching the spiritual truths about God. And it is amazing when there are grandmas and grandpas doing that and pouring into those kids. It does my soul good to see that And the kids love it. And we need more older, seasoned Christians who love God pouring into our kids. But there's another route that some people who are retired go. And some people who, some people who retire, they think that when they retire from their job, they also retire from their faith. And they stop serving. They stop leading life groups. They come and they sit in a chair, they sit in a pew, and they, they sit and they watch, they observe, and their heart grows cold. Their heart grows hard. And they take on this consumeristic mindset that, that it's here for me. Some of you might be getting upset and uncomfortable with me even talking about this because you might be a little closer to that than you want to admit. See, the truth is that we need you. We need you to be telling people like me about your stories of God's faithfulness and God's goodness in your life. I need to know that when you were growing up that something similar happened in our world, in your world then than is happening in our world today. And I'm going to buck. Younger people are terrible about saying, yeah, but it's a different world today. It's not the same. Scripture says there is nothing new under the sun. And you who are older, you know that. You've seen these same things happen. And and I need to know that God provided for you, that he took care of you. I need to know how you saw God at work in your life. I need to know and hear stories from Philippians 4.19. It said, and my God will supply every need of yours according to his riches and, and glory in Christ Jesus. I need to hear stories about how he has supplied every need of yours. I need to hear stories from you from James 1.17, every good gift, every 
perfect gift is from above coming down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. I need to see and hear the stories from you of how you've received these good gifts from God. I need to hear stories from you from Isaiah 41.10. Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. I need to hear stories from you of how God has upheld you with his righteous right hand. I need to hear stories from you from 2 Corinthians 9.11. You will be enriched in every way to be generous in every way with which, which through us will produce thanksgiving to God. I need to hear these stories from you of how you've been enriched, how you've been generous through what God has given you. I need to hear these stories. We need to hear these stories because there's a risk and there's a danger in forgetting about God's goodness and forgetting about his generosity and forgetting about what God has done and how he's been faithful through the years. In Joshua chapter 2, it says that there arose another generation after them who did not know the Lord. But it continues, who did not know the Lord or the work that he had done for Israel. We have a children's ministry happening right now. We have a student ministry happening right now. And they are learning about the Lord. Right? So we are helping you. Parents, ultimately, this is your responsibility. You are responsible for teaching your children about the Lord and about his goodness. That is your responsibility that you will stand before God one day and he will ask how you did with that. That's not ours, but we are here to help. They are learning about the Lord. But what they need from you is to hear of the work that he has done in your life. It's not just about knowing the Lord. It's about hearing the work that he's done for Israel. It's about hearing the work that he has done in your life. And I need to hear that. And our kids need to hear that. Not just for their kids or their kids, but for their great-grandkids. We've said it for a while here at the church. Our tagline used to be, Love God, love people, and impact the world for future generations. And that future generations piece has been a motivating factor for a lot of the changes that have happened here in the church. It's been a motivational factor for building this building, for, for painting a hallway. It's been a motivational factor for, for decisions that have made for the future generations. But there's not going to be a future generations if we don't pass on the stories of how God's goodness and faithfulness have, has been seen in our lives. It's not just about knowing the Lord, it's about knowing the work that he has done in our lives. And then he continues, Judges 2, verses 11 and 12. And the people, because they had not, did not know the Lord, because they did not know the work that, had, uh, that he had done for Israel, and the people of Israel did what was evil in the sight of the Lord. And they served the Baals. And they abandoned the Lord, the God of their fathers, who had brought them out of the land of Egypt. They went after other gods from among the other gods of the people who were around them and bowed down to them, and they provoked the Lord to anger. If you want to guarantee that the next generation and the following generation doesn't know the Lord and they, they have the same fate of Israel, then we won't pass down our stories. It's the nail in the coffin. Church, we have got to pass our stories down. It's not just the retired folks, it's, it's the older folks, it's, it's parents, it's grandparents. It is a church that has lived even 30 years 
the stories that I have of seeing God's goodness and faithfulness still have to be passed down to my son and to the other kids here in the church. We have got to share our stories of how God has been faithful. We have to remember how God has been faithful in the other lives. The other thing we have to do is that we have to personally remember how God has been faithful in our lives. It's not just about reading the stories of Scripture. It's not just about hearing stories of other people. It's about remembering in our own lives God's goodness and His faithfulness and His generosity to us. You know, I sat down to think of some stories to share at the beginning of my message as I did. And i got to admit, at first it wasn't the easiest thing to do. You sit back and you think about God's faithfulness. You think about God's goodness and Sometimes they're hard to come to mind. If it wasn't within the last week or the last two weeks, or if you're not in the midst of the situation right now, it's hard to remember what, what God did last year. And maybe the big things stand out, but maybe not the little things. And it's hard for us to remember in our own lives, but when we remember what God has done in our own lives on top of what we hear from other people, then it will be easier for us to have the generous spirit and grow this general, gener generosity muscle in our lives. We have got to remember God's generosity. Once I thought of two or three stories, once I went throughout that day and the next day, they just started coming to mind. I just started remembering so many more. I had to pare down. I had to limit what I shared because God has been so, so good. A couple years ago, uh, Hannah went to a, a women's conference and they, at the end of it, talked about uh, the story of the Israelites passing through the sea and Joshua telling the leaders of the tribe to go back into the sea that they just crossed through to pick up a stone. And, and they were to set up the stones as an altar, as a remembrance of what God had done for the nation of Israel on their way to the promised land for their children's children's children. And so the takeaway from that, from that year was for everyone to take a stone and write on it something that they are to remember God's faithfulness a time in their life or something recently or in the past of, of so that they could remember how good God has been to them. And it's been something that Hannah has continued to do over the years. And uh, it's something that we've done as a family since we got married. And these are our stones. And I could go through here and there's a word, there's two words, there's a phrase, there's something simple written on here that if you were to read it, makes no sense. But for her to read it, for me to read it, it reminds us of a story of God's faithfulness in our lives. It reminds us of a season of life that, that we were broken and we saw God's hand help us through. It reminds us of a time where God's goodness shown through everything that we have. Whenever you're ready, go for it. It reminds us of times of God's faithfulness and his generosity. And so occasionally we'll go by, we'll go through these and we'll dig to the bottom and we'll tell stories and we'll look at, we'll look at what's written on these. I don't know what would resonate with you. These stones, I think, are just a couple bucks at the dollar store. Maybe you're someone who likes to write and you want to journal. But it's important, church, that we remember God's faithfulness and God's goodness in our lives. It's important that we tell these stories to other people so that the generosity of God will feed a generous spirit in us. 
for the next generation and the next generation and the next generation. We need to remember the stories of how God brought us out of depression. God helped us through anxiety. God helped us through seasons of doubt. We need to hear stories from other people to know that we're not alone in our, in our struggles, in our doubt, in our questions, in, in the hardships that life throws our way. When, when we're going through seasons of pain and hurt, we need to know that we're not alone. That someone else has been there. And that God's goodness is walking alongside us even if we don't see it. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to take just a couple minutes. And I want you to think of a story of God's goodness in your life. God's faithfulness, God's generosity in your life. It doesn't have to be long. I think my stories earlier, they took like 60 seconds, 90 seconds. They didn't take long. But I just want to give you a couple minutes to think of a story and then... I want you to share that story. I want you to find someone around you, turn behind you or in front of you, find someone maybe not in your own family that you can share a story of God's goodness so that you can encourage someone else and they, they can tell you a story so they can encourage you. And this will do two things. It'll do both of these things. It will remind you of God's goodness in your life and it will help you encourage someone else with a story of how God has provided and been generous with you. They're going to continue to play in the background, and so I just encourage you in this moment to stand and tell someone of the goodness of God. If you're joining us online, I encourage you to type it out. Type it out and, and hit enter and, and engage with people online and, and share with us the story of God's goodness in your life also. Would you encourage others today?